A big thank you to our sponsor this week, Mountain West Animal Hospital. I myself don't have a pet at the moment, but if I did, hands down, this is where I take them. Why, you ask? Because my good friend, Harold Davis, who was our guest on episode 10 after the divorce, he started this clinic in the first place in the 70s. Harold reminds me of the doctor on New Amsterdam. If any of you have seen it, it's on NBC. And I haven't seen it recently. So if something really terrible and offensive just happened, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not sponsoring that show. I am sponsoring Mountain West Animal Hospital. I'm going to tell you more at the end of the show. Check them out at www.docbot.com. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to I See You, the podcast. This is episode 56, being comfortable with the uncomfortable LGBTQ issues. I just have to say that I love where I live. My home, it backs up to a horse pasture and I have chickens running through my unfinished yard. There was actually a cat and that was super exciting. My kids love playing with the cat until it bit my kid, it bit Lydia. And if I could give you anything as a gift, it would be to show you a video of Rob chasing this cat out of our yard anytime that comes in. It's amazing. You do not come between my husband and his babies. Holy cow. More stories to come. I think next time we have a sponsorship by Mountain West Animal Hospital, maybe I will tell you another animal related story that has to do with compassion and connection. Rob chasing that cat. It's that one's not a, that's that's a, he wasn't feeling compassionate towards the cat. And we're okay with that, right? We're okay with uncomfortable on here. <laughs> maybe I'll tell you the tragic death of my bunny next time. Or maybe my hamsters. I don't know. The possibilities are endless. All right. The review for this week is entitled, Thank You, Five Stars, and it's by Coombs 22 It says, This podcast has helped me in a variety of ways, especially in helping me to dig deep and think about how I feel about myself and others. One episode that I would especially like to thank you, Julie, for is the one done about boundaries. By listening to this, I realize that I'm not a horrible person to vocalize my boundaries with others. And in fact, it must be done if I'm to be a healthy individual. Thank you for helping me see this other perspective. It has helped me tremendously. Yes, Kay Coombs 22, you are not a horrible person to vocalize boundaries. And I understand that story you've told yourself because I still struggle with that story that it's horrible when I set boundaries, but I'm the same way. I can't be healthy without them. And I think that's human need. And I think we all have boundaries to some extent that we don't know about. Kay Coombs 22, thank you for the review. We are up to 96 ratings. It'd be so cool if it was over 100. Whoa, we're legit with 100 ratings at least, right? I will pray for you if you send me your name and your wish to God. I will pray for your wish if you leave a rating. I don't know if this is blasphemous that I'm saying it. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, we're just gonna move on. Today, my dear friend Brittany and I, we have felt moved to have a conversation on here about faith, our faith, and about our lovely friends who identify as LGBTQ. It's sort of a primer, and I'm excited to tell you at the end of the show who will be joining me as our guest next week. He is a very special person to me, and I think he will be to you too. One of the first things I want to say before I turn over to this interview, and it's something I've thought about a lot over the years, is that message that we talked a lot about in episode 14, when me and Gaina Lynn, we had a conversation about the war on our bodies, both with body image issues and also with suicide specifically. What I want to start this conversation with before I go over to the interview is that 
First and foremost, I think our priority and responsibility to our fellow human beings and to ourselves is that we stay in our body. I think that that should come before anything. I think that should come before religious views. I think that should come before any sort of criticism or correction. I think it should come before feeling uncomfortable. I think our number one priority should be helping each other stay in our bodies. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we agree about everything or that we don't get to set boundaries for what's allowed in our own home. But it does mean that there are a lot of people that are taking their lives. There are a lot of people in the LGBTQ community specifically that have taken their lives. A lot of young ones too. And so I think as we start this conversation, it's okay if you don't agree with everything that's said here. And maybe you will. I hope you will. But what I have found so important and so prevalent as I've studied more and tried to understand more and and prayed more as I am a, a very religious person is that Heavenly Father wants his children to stay in their bodies no matter what. He wants them to stay here on earth that our responsibility is to love each other. And we have other responsibilities too, and they are also important. But whenever we are interacting with someone, I think it's important that as we love them, that we always encourage them to stay in their bodies and make sure that they have a place here where they want to stay in their bodies, no matter their decisions. Suicide for any reason is most certainly not just a teenager problem, and it's certainly not a minority problem. It is everybody's problem. That is the world we live in today. And so I think that this idea of staying in your body can help us make our priorities become very clear as this continues to be such a large tragedy that we see in our world today. Brittany, welcome to the podcast once again. I am so excited to see you. We used to live closer. Now we live a little further apart, so it's always a treat more together. Also, you think summer's going to bring you together, but it actually just pulls you apart. Yep. All the family. Traveling. Family. Okay, so if listeners are new and they haven't gone back and listened to everything, they don't know that you have been on the podcast a couple times before now. Remind us who you are. I'm Brittany Collado of Episode 2 and a Storybook Series special. What brought Julie and I together was our therapist thought we might get along and through a roundabout way we connected on the internet (laughs) in a totally safe way in a totally safe way met at a park for the first time and cemented the deal that we would be friends for life we are going to just jump into this conversation which can be a pretty sensitive one but we both want to first start by saying that we are both straight and we don't claim to be LGBTQ and that we know exactly what it's like to be a member of that community. However, both of us are people that try and be compassionate in everything that we do. And this is a conversation that we have very often via Marco Polo, in person, at Chick-fil-A, where we talk about these issues quite a bit and how it fits in our Christian beliefs as we're both very devout Christians and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. With that, we want to start with this conversation with a quote by one of our Christian leaders that we have deep love and respect for, and his name is M. Russell Ballard. And he said this at a BYU campus devotional on November 14th, 2017, and I'll link that in the show notes. He says, I want anyone who is a member of the church, and he's referring to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who is gay or lesbian to know, I believe you have a place in the kingdom and recognize that sometimes it may be difficult for you to see where you fit in the Lord's church, but you do. We need to listen to and understand what our LGBT brothers and sisters are feeling and experiencing. Certainly, we must do better than we have done in the past so that all members feel they have a spiritual home where their brothers and sisters love them and where they have a place to worship and serve the Lord. 
we want to talk about that today and what that looks like in our own lives as devout Christians and also as people who love everybody and who know what it's like to also have internal struggles that people don't understand. People might not have an accurate interpretation of how much those internal struggles affect your daily life and how much a part of you they are, like marrow in your bones we hear, right? Mm -hmm. They can affect your personality and your perspective on life and be much more than just like a whim, but really become part of your identity almost, Mm -hmm. right? Many Christian faiths are struggling to reconcile their beliefs and the reality of people who are LGBTQ. And that's what we're talking about today. Why do you think it's so hard to reconcile those two? I think the world becomes a little less black and white, perhaps, as you grow up. But growing up in many Christian faiths, frankly, homosexuality is considered a sin. Views have changed on that over the years, such as you can have those feelings, but acting on them is a sin. Views are also changing on whether being homosexual or transgender is something you choose to do. But whether it is and whether it's not, when we come in contact with people, we treat them the way Christ would treat others, right? Right. That's so whole, that's why we say Christian. Complicated. It is complicated. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that may even see the title to this episode and be like, I don't know if I even want to go there because it, it's a very emotional thing on both sides. I've seen a lot of people react in anger on both sides. And I have to believe that that's because it's painful. We've grown and and changed a lot over the years and both in some ways become a lot more solid in our devout Christian beliefs, but also question some things with our different experiences. I know that it's scary to look at something and not have all the answers. And it's a lot easier when it is black and white. It's a lot more comfortable. But I think you and I both have also been to the point in our lives where we don't want to be afraid to look at things Mm -hmm. because we believe in a God who isn't afraid and I don't think he wants us to be afraid. He wants us to ask and receive and and try and understand. I'm also learning to be a lot more comfortable not knowing all the answers, which I wouldn't have liked, say, five years ago. But I'm okay to not have all the answers and say I don't know about some things, yet still have faith in my Heavenly Father. So how do you reconcile it? I'll say first kind of what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. How do I reconcile these two things? I belong to a Christian faith that teaches that homosexual behavior is a sin. And I also, I know many individuals and love some of the best, best spirits I've met who fall into that category of LGBTQ. Some act on it, some do not. How do I reconcile those two things, whether they act on it or not? And I guess for me, I would say, first of all, it's an ongoing process and an ongoing conversation that I have with God. As I pray and as I ponder, I feel greater love and understanding towards those people, not less. And I feel that it's okay. It's a little bit of a mystery for me right now. Mm -hmm. And it's also okay that other people don't feel the same as me. That's okay too. I think that God's going to take care of it. I do think that the majority of people that I have interacted with are trying to do what's right on both sides. Mm -hmm. What do you think? How do you reconcile it? Along with not knowing everything, I've had to learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We just read that beautiful quote about trying to better understand better than we have in the past what our members that are part of the LGBTQ community feel and go through, which him's mentioning part of the past means we haven't done as well as we could in the past. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And how have people been affected by that? 
this is uncomfortable territory. So I just have to say, learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and it doesn't come all at once. I have been very uncomfortable. Something that has really helped me is some resources that I've discovered through the years. I recently overheard that statement by M. Russell Ballard, and it was just sitting in my mind, stirring things up a little bit, and made me curious. It hadn't really occurred to me that there would be people that were part of the church who would care to be part of the church And I realized I was very, very, very wrong about that. There are different people who have made it their goal or their mission to share the stories of LGBTQ Christians. I found some really helpful ones. One of those being Listen, Learn, and Love by Richard Osler. And And that's a podcast. It's a podcast. And you you and I both have actually been guests on there and been able to kind of give our message to the LGBT community and their loved ones, which yes. was really special for both of us. Yes. You're epi- I think I'm episode 95. What episode are you? 80-something. 82, 85. My name's Brittany. <laughs> My name's Julie. <laughs> yes, that Listen, Learn, and Love podcast and other resources that I've found, they invite people to come tell their stories. And some of these people are active practicing Christians in good standing with their faith. Others have left their faith. Others are kind of in an in-between mode, a limbo where they want to stay, but they don't know how long they can stay. Because honestly, this is where it strikes a chord with me, with my depression and mental illness. There's a lot of times at church where depression is suggested as something that happens to you when you're not being righteous, when you're not following God. And for that reason, people will say that without having a full of an understanding of mental illness and depression. I have tried really hard, but it, that's, it's hard for that one to roll off my back like a duck or whatever you're supposed to do. I internalize that and it hurts a lot. So I can only imagine, first of all, if you belong to that community and then the messages that you're hearing is that your life is sinful and wrong and deviant because... I used to think, well, it's it's a choice, isn't it? But I have discovered in listening to these podcasts and reaching out to people that their experience with same-sex attraction or discovering they were transgender and things came about just as my depression did. They were having difficulties and struggles in their lives. And as they tried to find the root of the problem, they found the root of the problem and it wasn't something they were asking for or went after themselves. There's a really big fan of the podcast that has contacted me and we've been able to message back and forth that is transgender. And they have found this podcast to be a really safe place just to feel seen. I think that that says a lot. Maybe if you're having a hard time understanding or you don't know a lot of people in that community, it's a big part of their life. It is a big part of their identity. And so maybe you can just think about this message that we have here on the podcast of people that are saying, I don't feel alone anymore. That goes for that community too. They also need to not feel alone and they know what it feels like to feel alone too. And so maybe you as a listener can identify with them more easily than you thought you would have been able to. For some reason, it feels okay to exempt some people from Christ-like love, and it's not. It's not true, but I think we feel that way. We feel we're justified in thinking that way. If people know better and they've chosen differently, well, that's not even true if people know better and they've chosen differently, but in the case of many LGBTQ Christians, they haven't even 
selected this lifestyle for themselves. It's happened. It's a part of who they are. So for us to withhold love from them, it's not the right thing to do. I wanted to share just some neat things that have happened as I have reached out to people that are part of this community. So I've always been this way. The first time this happened was when I was probably in third or fourth grade. I loved the Babysitter's Club books. And so I wrote Anne M. Martin, who is the author of the Babysitter's Club books, <laughs> and told her that I loved her books. I'd read like all 164 or whatever. And she wrote back. Oh my gosh. And it was a form letter, but I think her signature was real. <laughs> I would say the experiences I've had listening to these people's stories are even more inspiring than the Babysitter's Club series. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's on the Really air. inspiring. When somebody inspires me, I like to reach out and thank them for it. So I started to do that as I listened to these people's stories. I went through yesterday and just reviewed several of the email conversations I've had with people after I've thanked them for sharing their life story about being a member of a Christian faith and being an LGBTQ. And one that I'd really love to share is a woman named Laura Root, and she lives in Idaho. She shared her experience that just connected so deeply with me. I've always wanted to do what's right. Going to church made sense and doing what's right. Amen. It all worked for me. I've always loved church and wanted to do what was right. And so in that way, I really connected with Laura. She shared a story about how once her family was out on a Sunday drive, and it varies from Christian religion to Christian religion, but our particular faith recommends, maybe a stronger word, to not make purchases on Sunday. And she talked about how on this Sunday drive, her parents bought ice cream cones for everyone in the car on the way home. And she said she she cried on the way home because she felt so guilty that her parents had bought ice cream on Sunday. And so I just really connected to that because that's kind of the level I functioned at as a little girl. She grew up and talks about how she went on hundreds, I don't know, hundreds, I just threw that number out there, but many, many dates could never enjoy it more than a friendship. There's nothing that compelled her to move forward with a relationship. And then she goes on to explain how she learned over time that she was gay and what that meant to her involvement in the church as she tried to remain very active and the hurdles that came up as they would if you were deciding whether or not to act on those feelings. It's really interesting. A lot of times in these conversations, people will say things like, well, yes, of course we should love everybody, but... But... I just feel like what we're missing in that is some reverence for pain in general. Yeah, we should love everybody, but I just feel like we need to slow down a little and not be so quick to the butt and not just an, of course, we should love everyone. No, real, true pain. Can you sit there for a second? And that doesn't mean that you still don't believe what you believe or that you don't still raise your children in a certain way, but to not acknowledge that realness and to see it. To see it with compassion and, and not be able to connect with that at all. I think that sometimes we're afraid. We're mm -hmm. afraid to pause there for a minute. And it's so much easier to just get to the butt. Well, yeah, of course I'm supposed to love everyone. Whenever I hear someone say that, I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> I can't speak for other people. For myself, I don't know. When, you, when you've had some serious, true suffering, I just feel like you slow down and you sit and you hear other people's stories 
and you connect with them in a different way where you don't need to run to the butt. You know what you believe, but you can just sit there and be like, yeah, you do need love. Oh, wow. And I don't need to compare you to anyone else's trials. That's a lot to figure out. That's messy. And I don't need to go to but da 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 I can just sit here and be uncomfortable. I saw something I loved yesterday on one of the social media platforms by Zandra from Sisters in Zion. And she said, your sins are not my business, but your burdens are. Oh, and that's she said, pretty. That's really pretty. She turned the whole thing into a simple quote that said, I am my brother's keeper, not creeper. <laughs> so, Your sins are not my business, but your burdens are. Yeah. That is really cool. There's so many unanswered questions within faith about this, but I'm so grateful that when it all comes down to it, God is the judge and the God I know is merciful and kind and loving. I know you well, and you know me well, and we both know that we have spent time where we absolutely hated ourselves Mm -hmm. for things inside us that no one could see, and we could not control no matter what we Mm -hmm. did. And so once you know what that feels like, when you see someone else having an internal struggle, I mean, how can you not feel compassion and feel connected to them? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even hard anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you feel like these conversations we're having and, and we both had with people that are in the LGBT community, acting on it or not, when I say acting on it, I just mean we know some people that have chosen a lifestyle where they don't date someone of the same gender and some that don't marry anyone and they just don't date at all because it's it's just too painful. And then we know people that do choose to go with what feels natural to them and to date someone of the same gender, to marry someone of the same gender, adopt children or whatnot. How do you feel like this changed your empathy? Oh, this is the fun part. I love the concept of throwing a pebble in a pond and how the ripples spread and things like that. And I believe the same concept applies here. And so I have been inspired by the stories that I've heard to reach out in really what were kind of scary ways to me. I was in the middle of learning all this and questioning in really uncomfortable territory. How did this all fit in with my understanding of God and my understanding of Jesus, then I'm always comfortable with coming back to Jesus's love. Jesus did what he did for us out of love and he wants us to love each other. So one day I was at the grocery store in my very conservative community, noticed it happened to be June, which because I was more aware of these things, realized it was Pride Month, which I wouldn't have realized before, but this car was decked out with a rainbow flag and rainbow bumper stickers. And I'm like, this person is celebrating. And I'm like, this person's celebrating all by themselves because <laughs> because <laughs> of the community we were in. Wonderful community where I love the people so much. But I thought, I wonder if that's lonely. That's what I love my trials have done for me is caused me to step back and be like, I wonder how that feels. And if it's painful, I was in the grocery store and once I get an idea and I'm really excited, there's no going back. So I went to the birthday card aisle and I picked out a birthday card that had unicorns on it or my little pony, I think, but close enough to unicorns. I wrote on it. I don't know if it's your birthday, but I wanted you to know I'm glad you were born. This person had their car with the window down just about an inch. And so I slipped it in there. And I love to think that when they got to their car, they were thinking, oh my gosh, somebody slipped something into my car. And then waiting in 
expectation, wondering if it was something good or something bad. And I love that they were able to find something good. Good yeah. job, Britt. Thanks. It was hard to stop smiling after I <laughs> yeah. did that. For me, it's just been such a relief to not have to stress about so many of the things I used to worry about with this. I would stress about everybody else's decisions. And as I found the Savior's love for me to be very real, very tangible and and a part of my daily life, I feel like the answers I've received is to share that with them, to not stress so much about the details of their lives and what they're choosing to do with their lives. The LGBT community, I think in general, especially in the past, has gotten a rap of being pretty loud and sometimes promiscuous, maybe. I do think it's worth mentioning that any time a group of people is loud, it's because they're not feeling heard and noticed and witnessed. Rather than feeling angry about that, I think the more you turn to the answer to everything for me in my life, which is Christ-like love, and you share that Christ-like love, maybe that community won't feel so aggressive to you if it has in the past. And maybe you'll make some new memories of people that are are human beings and that are doing their best with the hand they've been dealt. You and I both have been on very different faith journey crises, whatever you want to call it, over the years as we've tried to figure out how we fit in life, whatever. How mental illness fits into life. Yeah. Um, Mental health issues, which also has given us an increased empathy towards LGBTQ community and what they go through. And once again, saying this as straight women who are not saying that we know exactly what it's like because we don't, our experience is different, but feeling a great deal of compassion. What do you think you would have told yourself five, 10 years ago, if you could go back when you were just starting to be like, wait, maybe it's not black and white. Maybe these people have something to say that I need to listen to. Maybe I have a responsibility to look at these people like they're my brothers and sisters because they are. Even, even if a man's married to a man, maybe I need to not look at them with disgust. Maybe it would have been a cryptic message to myself, but I think... So that you would have been willing to listen. (laughs) But it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to discover that God's love is deeper than you thought it was. I like that a lot. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to discover the depth of God's love in a greater... to a greater degree than you've ever known. Which is pretty beautiful. Yeah. Don't you feel like you feel that for other people and then you're like, wait, it's like that for me too then. Yeah. Which is a pretty beautiful way to live. Okay, what would I have told myself five years ago? Yeah. Or 10 years ago, maybe. Let's go back 10 years. I think I would have told myself not to be so afraid. Yeah, not be afraid of what I don't understand, but instead of avoiding it, jump in and take God with me. Keep him as the context in my life and in the lives of others, but to not leave things unopened because I'm afraid of them. I think it's one thing to put something on the back burner and say, I'm going to revisit this. I'm not quite ready to get into it. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do that. But there was a lot of fear driving me before and how I felt about the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that made me a bad person either. I feel compassion for myself then too. And I feel compassion for myself now. And I, I don't know what all the answers are, but I'm okay with not knowing what the answers are because the things I do know, they keep me in a good place. Mm hmm. Can I just say the interactions that I've had in the past couple of years with all these people who have messaged me back when I thank them for sharing. The people from this community are fun and they feel deeply and they laugh deeply and they live deeply. And it's just a pleasure. It's a privilege to interact with them. They have enriched my life, even on the scale of just communication by email. It's been a blessing in my life. 
And in my own experience, some of the most compassionate people I've ever met because they know what it feels like to feel like the exemption, at least in my experience, which I know not everybody is like this. If they identify as LGBTQ, that doesn't mean that you're automatically an angel here on earth. But yeah, in my interaction, some of the most compassionate kind people I know. We love gay people. We love gay people a lot. We do. Hopefully that was something special for you to listen to. We we thought about it a lot. We prayed before. We we really tried to handle that as, as carefully and as lovingly as possible. Thank you again to this week's sponsor, Mountain West Animal Hospital. Since Dr. Davis is helping sponsor this, I'm going to tell you why I think he's like Dr. Max Goodwin on New Amsterdam. Just like Dr. Goodwin, he's compassionate and he doesn't just do things because he should or he thinks it's what's expected, but he makes decisions based on what's actually needed. So if we ever get a dog again, and I think Rob would agree with this, we are definitely taking him to Mountain West Animal Hospital. See Mountain West Animal Hospital and what they're up to at docbot.com. Thank you to Dr. Davis and Dr. Bot over there for sponsoring this episode. Next week, I am interviewing my friend Ben Shalati. Ben has a blog that I love, and he recently posted about his situation with his mom living with Alzheimer's disease. Ben is also gay and he has come out to his mom over and over again because she keeps forgetting because she has Alzheimer's. I thought this was just an incredible perspective he has. I can't wait for you to hear his relatable, easygoing nature. I can't wait to have it on here and I'm confident that you are going to love him as much as I do. My name is Julie Lee and I see you 